Hello, and welcome to another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a massively, ginormously packed show for you today. We are going to be reviewing Disney and Pixar's original film, Onward. We will get you caught up on all of the latest movie news in What's Poppin', and we are going to wrap the show up with our schoolyard pick of mythical creatures. Let's do it. For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, I am your co-host Cam, and with me as always, your other co-host, Kirk Doolin. Hello, hello. How's it going, Kirk? It's going well. You feeling good? I'm feeling great today. You feeling healthy? Just feels, uh, yeah, you know. Moderately? You know, I'm just a little worried. Uh, I'm being very self-aware of my health. That's right. There's lots of things going on out there, all right? We've got... <clears throat> Coronavirus, coronavirus. <laughs> I feel like I have to say it like that. Panda watch. <laughs> you know, um, not going to make light of the coronavirus. Well, Which? I might. It's kind of, I like making jokes about the coronavirus. I don't know why. It's like a sickness. Right. It's like the coronavirus. It's exactly like it. It's contagious. It's, uh, it takes away from the fear of uh, complete death. Yes. You have, you have a couple options in this scenario. You can lose all hope. Or you can make light of your circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing the latter. You know, when we were shopping for houses last year, there was a house that had like a like a, a panic room in the Ooh. garage, which I feel like that would have come in handy now. Like, like lead just, walls? Yes. Dude, like just a, a, why did you not buy that? I, I tried. I tried and it, it just didn't uh, didn't check all the boxes with, with Aubrey. Honestly, a panic room would be super dope. I agree. Like... I don't know. I would find reasons to use it. Have you ever seen Panic Room with Jodie Foster? Yes, and oh, Kristen Stewart? of course, of course. So good. I also there was a there was a Night of the Living Dead movie or in that series. Sorry, um, it was like can't remember what it was like Land of the Dead or one of those. Uh-huh. And they had, there was a Panic Room scene in that. It was great. This is the coolest. It. I would use it all the time. I'd like set the smoke detector off and be like Panic Room, just <laughs> everybody in. What sounds worse? Does coronavirus sound worse or does COVID nineteen sound worse? Ooh, I think COVID nineteen sounds way worse. Right? It sounds like a. It sounds like the bioweapon that coronavirus probably is. Yeah. Anytime you throw um, numerals in there, yeah. that sounds bad. That sounds real bad. And um, it's all capital too. Whenever it's written out, it's all capital. COVID. Yeah, it is. Hyphen 19. Well, I think because it's a, it's like an acronym. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. We're not doctors. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to be a doctor. Um, but yes, we'll be your escape from all those things. I would like to say that we're not going to talk about coronavirus, but as we'll find out in What's Poppin', it's having impacts on the film industry in a pretty substantial way. I think larger than any of us could have predicted. It's, it's, pr- it's getting pretty wild, so we'll get you caught up on all of that. Um, but yeah, we'll be your escape. There's primaries going on, there's coronavirus, there's all these things going on, but it's okay. You're here, you're safe. It's okay. Um, You should vote. Sorry, I don't want to say that primaries are like a bad thing. Like You should vote, but all the political talking is just, I don't like it. Mm -mm. tired of it. I'd rather talk about movies, so let's talk about movies. Let's do it. We reviewed Disney and Pixar's Onward this weekend. Well, we are reviewing. We saw it this weekend. This is the first original... 
Pixar film since 2017, since Coco. Which that stuff confuses me because I know that Disney and Pixar are together, they're merged, they're married, but like, why is this strictly Pixar and not Disney? No, it is. It, it's both. It's it's considered original because it's not a sequel. Got it. Okay. So they're all original. That was probably just confusing language. But they call it like, this isn't the first original Pixar film because it's not an adaptation of an existing film. See, that makes sense to me because I, I, I saw that verbiage online, but it was just garbage. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That makes more sense to me now. It's also the first Disney and Pixar film to be developed without any involvement from John Lasseter. So the John Lasseter era is donezo, officially. Expired. Because he's with Disney Animation Studios right now, and they're doing wonderful, wonderful things over there. Um, so we're definitely excited to talk about that. To th- talk about that movie, and we're gonna wrap up with our schoolyard pick of mythical creatures. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, Kirk, but I was looking through all the mythical creatures. It's gonna be some stiff competition. Yeah, it really. There's will. some good ones out there. I uh, I spent uh, most of my younger years watching Sam Raimi's uh, Hercules and Xena Warrior yeah. Princess. So oh, you're ready. So good luck to you. You're going to turn the tables <laughs> on me. You're like, this is payback for the birds. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other day at work, somebody was talking about birds. I had my headphones in, but I um, somebody was like, hey, they're talking about birds out here. <laughs> and I was like, what's that about birds? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to chime in. The conversation was already over. But <sighs> man, they're lucky because I would have brought it. I would have brought the <laughs> you, fire. You have all the bird knowledge. Yes, I do. Apparently. I don't know. I just read it on the internet, so now I am the birdmaster. <laughs> All right. We got lots to cover, so we should get going. We got what's popping. Pop it up. All right, let's 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 just get this over with. Wow. <laughs> what if I did that the Whoa. entire time? <laughs> you should do it um thirty three times because this is her thirty third. Oh episode. good. I think you just did it five trillion times, so <laughs> I think we're good. Uh, but this is our thirty third episode, so Threes are wild. It's March. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, 33rd episode. It's March. I was just expecting a list of things to come to me as I was talking about it. Um, oh, so that's where we're at. Anyway, what's popping? Let's talk about the coronavirus so we can get this out of the way and move on with all the rest of our news so you guys don't have to hear about it anymore. But... It is sending shockwaves through the movie world in more ways than one. First of all, box office numbers are down. People are scared, uh, understandably so. International box office is taking a massive hit with countries like China, South Korea, um, Italy. You know, the large portions of those countries are quarantined or self-quarantined. Or there's just fear. There's fear everywhere. So people aren't going yeah. to the movies, which is huge, because of that. We've got movies getting pushed back. Actual release dates of films getting pushed back. Most notably, Peter Rabbit 2. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that was uncalled for. Um, no. Uh, most notably, uh, Bond 25, No Time to Die, James Bond. Yes. Which I am just so sad. I took, I took multiple... I mean... We're really, I'm really glad that this is happening. This recording is happening almost a week since that news broke because I was just a ball of emotion after that. I was very sad. I mean, it's a seven month pushback. I had people texting me. It was like somebody had died. <laughs> like people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to wait for James Bond. This can't be true. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. Seven months. I even was getting ready because uh, Amazon pr- previously, uh, I'll follow up with that in a second, had like every single Bond movie on it. I was yes. like, sweet, I'm going to go on a marathon before April. I'm just going to watch all the previous ones. And now they're gone. They're gone from Amazon. Now I have to rent each of them because I want to get ready. I want to have all my Bond knowledge in by November. It would be cool. I mean, I my cousin, shout out to my cousin, Zach Peterson. Mm-hmm. He's a big time Bond fan. I've watched probably the vast majority of bond films with him um i don't remember them all but he he has them all and i've watched a ton of them so i think i know a lot but it would be nice to do it consecutively like avenger style because Mm -hmm. you get that context and you kind of pick up on the easter eggs and through lines and like what's carrying over so yeah that would be a good exercise for sure yeah i was trying to think of uh some hashtags even this is how dedicated i was to it i didn't get a chance to tell you is that i was gonna say you know hashtag plenty of time to die or (laughs) hashtag (laughs) got a lot of time to die (laughs) as i watched the movies um, and the vote and the listeners can vote on it i don't know uh but that's what i want to do i want to watch all of them before we hit no time to die yeah for sure. We, so we've got some time. We're talking November now. Mm-hmm. Brutal. It hurts to say it. I was, I mean, we were so close. I mean, literally it was, that one never month happens. Out. That just never, yeah. It just never happens that you're that close to a release date and then the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I alluded to Peter rabbit too, as a joke, but for real, Peter rabbit sounds like that one's getting pushed back. I, which I think is, goes to show that this is not going away. No. Um, there could be more and I'm kind of nervous about it. Cause I'm like, we review movies for not a living for a hobby, but you know, like it's a concern. I don't want, I like going to the movies. I don't want to have to worry about my health and the health of my family having to get like f- for the movies. And I don't want to miss out on good new movies that are coming out. So it's tough. And now we've got even production on some projects being delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me right when we walked into the studio, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes, they were filming in Prague, and they just shut that down. I don't think they're shutting down the entire production. I think they're just moving locations out of the you know, the danger zones, the the, the highest alert countries. Yeah, so, so we'll think, see yeah. you know, if that has any sort of impact on timeline. A lot of times they're able to hold these things together. They have contingency plans and um, things like that. You know, I mean, we saw with the, with the Kenobi show that, circumstances changed, but the timeline didn't change. Mm -hmm. So we'll wait to see what's going on there. But um, yeah, scary times for sure. And having big impacts on the movie industry, this is a slow time for film, but there's still lots of big movies and we're kind of honestly already ramping up for summer. So it'll be interesting to see how these changes continue to go and what, what we see going forward. Right, right, right. I hope this thing just dies as soon as the summer hits. I'm like, cheering for the cdc like they're my favorite sports team i'm like go scientists find the vaccine distribute it to everybody let's go cdc cdc <laughs> yeah because like seriously I, I no i mean it's just it's scary you don't want any of this going on no nah. and you know i'm a big sports guy sports world is feeling it majorly i mean they're talking about doing like empty arena games and stuff like that um Serie A, which is the biggest soccer league in italy is like shut down completely Mm -hmm. right now so it's it's gotten real right really fast so it's it's uh we'll have to keep a close eye on it for sure we will we will have corona update corona update emergency podcast (laughs) just kidding all right more news we're done with coronavirus we'll just we'll be done so now you can move on batmobile batmobile (laughs) 
How do you like that, Kirk? I think it was great. Thanks. I, I appreciate was, it. I was going to sing, um, you know, what? <laughs> shoot, what's the parody? Um, Batman lost his wheel. Oh, Joker. yeah, yeah. What is that? Um, Jingle, Jingle bells. bells. Batman spells. There it is. Robin laid an egg. Yes. The Batmobile lost a wheel and Joker ran away. Yes. Hey. Um, oh, but we got gosh. some new pictures from Matt Reeves himself. He's a little bit of a leaguer, Mr. He Matt is. Reeves. He's, he's getting, having a lot of fun with this project. Maybe he's like, you know what? There's always going to be stuff leaked, so why don't I just take care of it so no one else gets the joy out of leaking <laughs> stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was the guy who leaked the video of the stunt guy falling off the the bat bike. Yep. Um, which that bike looks ridiculous. So we'll see what is going on there. But yeah, he's like, if people are going to be like army crawling up on top of mountains to take photos of my sets and like flying drones over that we have to shoot down, like <laughs> I'll just leak things myself. Screw it. Um, but we got a good look at the Batmobile. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on all of our social medias. It's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My personal opinion, it looks pretty sick. Yeah. It looks like a muscle car, which is an interesting, it's a good healthy medium between like hot take. I was not a fan of the Chris Nolan trilogy Batmobile. Mm -hmm. It was a tank <laughs> and that's just like, it's cool. I mean, it's very cool. Um, but just didn't, it never felt right to me. I'm, I was more a fan of like the really goofy Batmobile from like Batman Forever than I was of that Batmobile. So this feels like a good, healthy medium. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, because it makes sense that it's a, it was a militarized vehicle, especially but, for that series. Yeah, but it didn't need to be so, it was so wide. It didn't need to be wide. That just took up too much space. How is that going to fit out of your, your cave hole and just no. So I'm, I'm very much into this new one, the, the Pattinson, uh, the Pattinson one. I'm down for it. Yeah. I think it's a good sign overall for this series or this movie. I shouldn't say series. I mean, inevitably yep. we'll have a trilogy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that the direction what they're taking with it, you're kind of starting to see what's taking shape. You know, he's just going for the fences and I love it. You know, just picking up right in the middle. He's like, this is Batman. We all know his origin. We all know, the whole story. Let's go with a bunch of villains. Let's get Catwoman in there. Let's get Batman in there. Like, let's go. And I'm all for that. And mm -hmm. if it's a little bit more cartoony, I like that vibe. I dig it. We got our we got our really good serious drama Batman trilogy already, and it was fantastic. And I loved it. But let's see what let's see what Matt Reeves has in store. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right, moving right along. Hope you guys like superheroes because we got a <laughs> lot of superhero news. It's like all that was happening this week. This is a superhero chat on Popcorn for Breakfast. <laughs> That's right. Which, all I mean, obviously, superhero stuff is my favorite, so I'm, I am not complaining, Kirk. Mm -hmm. Black Widow. We got a final trailer. I think it's the, it's the final trailer. It is. And I'm giddy about this. Taskmaster has made his appearance. I freaking love Taskmaster. I think he's one of the coolest villains. I'm familiar with him from the Deadpool comics that I read. Um, he's, he's in those comics somewhat frequently as a, as a villain or in a couple of key issues specifically, but he's a really cool villain and they got the look like totally spot on. Like it looks modernized. It looks cool. It doesn't look goofy, which I think is always hard when you have, <laughs> did you ever see the, um, X-Men apocalypse? Oh yes. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> and how apocalypse <laughs> looks like ivan ooze it was terrible <laughs> sometimes when you have these um villains that 
have their face covered or like don't really look human or whatever, they can look really, really goofy. I mean, Marvel already nailed it with Thanos. They did a great job with that character, but it was good to see like they made Taskmaster look pretty cool. What else about this trailer stuck out to you? I was initially taken aback by Florence Pugh, who plays Black Widow's sister. Yeah, Elena. Yeah, and then I I rewatched it. I'm like, no, I dig this because they really. It's again, Marvel does not stop reinventing itself. They continue to just like go this way and that, and they never just uh, they never just do the exact same formula. The way this trailer was structured. You can already tell that it's already going to be a different phase of the Marvel Universe, which is super cool because this is a prequel going into Phase Four. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just excited. So when she started talking to her, they're like in a restaurant or in their house or something. I'm like, that sounds like weak dialogue. And I played it back again. I'm like, oh no, this is great. This is really strong. So uh, it's very interesting, very captivating. I don't know what to expect, which is exactly what they want. You bring up a good point, though. They're like. The, my reaction, remember, my reaction to the first trailer was that there's some, like, pretty goofy dialogue going on. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see, like, what the feel of the movie is. But some of those set pieces where it's like, is this how you're going to greet your sister? You know, like, <laughs> that kind of stuff is is pretty goofy and, and not the best. But we'll see. You know, it's superheroes. I'm not going to get too serious about it. But uh-huh. um, it should be interesting. This movie looks action-packed. I mean, there's not a single moment where they're not fighting or punching or throwing something at each other it's crazy that last sequence in the trailer where taskmaster is like flying towards black widow with a giant sword i was like okay and at one point she's like in the in the sky and she jumps off something slides off like an airplane wing and is like still hanging on to a cable it's nuts it's really wild it's chaos i'm all for it i'm so here for it i was like this is exactly the kind of high octane movie we need coming off of end game and coming off of um not homecoming far from home Mm -hmm. i think this is this is exactly the right pace that we need to move forward um really interested to figure out finally what the purpose is i think they're playing their cards pretty close to the vest on this one but what is the purpose of this movie you know why are we getting this now we know that this movie takes place somewhere i think um after civil war or in between age of ultron and civil war or something like that Mm mm-hmm Somewhere in that region. I don't know the exact time. But why are they showing this us this now? My gut reaction is there's got to be some sort of Avengers tie-in. So that could mean many things, though, right? Like, is Taskmaster some big villain? Like, at the end of this movie, is he going to get away and is he going to be the next big bad? I think he's probably a tier below what I would expect to be, like a big bad, but... Maybe they do like a ring of villains that are starting. So I don't know. The other question is like, you know, Black Widow's dad is Red Guardian, right? And her, or is is he her brother? I can't remember. I thought dad. I think it's his dad. And and uh, her mom is Iron Maiden. They actually showed the Iron Maiden mask in the trailer. You can see it if you pause it at the right time. And then you've got Yelena. So are one of those characters going to make an appearance in a future film? Something has to give here. There has to be a reason for this film. And I'm just, I don't think they've shown us that yet. No, no, it's there. It's the parasite effect. They're not showing us the, the key parts that's going to make us, Oh, well that's going to happen. They're taking away their twist, which is exactly what they should be. I don't want to be 
given the whole thing like oh yeah what's that what's that movie with seth rogan and charlie's throne where they sh- that trailer, oh, um <laughs> the trailer for that movie they showed the entire plot it's like I, okay i i saw it i saw the movie it was a four and a half minute trailer i'm good i, I know everything yeah, that's what going is on. that movie called the oh. one where he's like dating her and she's in pol- she's like a secretary of state yeah. or something like that I can't remember. Neither do I. But it's like that. So it's the opposite of that. They're telling us just enough to get us there, which is how trailers should be. And more and more, we're getting these obnoxiously long trailers with every plot point and every big moment or every big laugh if it's yeah, a comedy. Right. Stop it. Stop it, trailer people. I agree. It's a it's a pandemic. Sorry. I, I have to stop. Oh, coronavirus. I, I have to stop. I have to stop. It's so bad. <laughs> it's just like infiltrated my brain at this point. Um. But yeah, I, I'm excited for this movie. May 1st it comes out. Hopefully. Hopefully. Dude, if they delay this one, I'll cry for days. I, I'll be a total disaster. Um, yeah, that can't happen. But I'm excited for it. We'll, we'll keep you guys posted. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out that trailer yet, definitely go check it out. It's on our social. You can find it there. Definitely watch it. Definitely. I have to recommend this. You must watch it. Watch I was really it. hoping... Um, this guy, Brandon Davis, who works for uh, comicbook.com, he breaks a lot of news for them. He's like a reporter. Um, he posted like big Marvel Day coming tomorrow or something like that, um, the day before the Black Widow trailer. And okay. I was really hoping it was going to be an Eternals trailer. I was like, Ugh. and I knew, but then I, I remembered that the Black Widow trailer was dropping and I was like, yeah, I'm excited, but I want to see the Eternals so bad. I mm-hmm. want piece of it richard madden i know Kumail among others <laughs> kumail nanjiani <laughs> salma hayek angelina jolie i know the list goes on it's gonna be very exciting seth rogan <laughs> <laughs> james corden probably <laughs> james corden probably not confirmed you heard it here first if it happens though i'm just saying that dude he's everywhere we were talking about peter rabbit james corden cats cats james corden <laughs> That dude loves a paycheck. Loves it. He'll do anything. He will. I think if I honestly think if you were like, hey, James Corden, my grass is getting really long, I was thinking maybe you could swing by and mow it after your night show tonight or something like that. <laughs> You'd be like, how much are we talk? <laughs> I honestly believe it. He's, he, and no disrespect. He's about the hustle. You know, he's oh, all yeah. about it. All right. More superheroes. I promise more superheroes. This is big. I hope you're sitting down. Actually, you are sitting down. I can see you. But I hope everyone who's listening is sitting down because this is big. And this is a double dose. I'm going to hit you with the right and then the left hook. It's big. Okay, I'm holding onto our table. If it's Hold, too big, brace yourself. I'm going to flip this table. This is huge. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I know just his name. It's like Muf- Mufasa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mufasa, 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 Mufasa. Right? No, Christian Bale is officially in Thor 4. Yay! It's happening, Kirk. All of our dreams are coming true. It's happening. Now, I will say, I am not okay with him being the villain, but I'm just going to let that slide. We'll get back to that. Other big news, which is hot off the press, has just happened today. We got it confirmed. No, yesterday. Sorry. Yesterday, we got it confirmed. Vin Diesel let the cat out of the bag, which, oh, man, I love press tours for this reason. Those, Like we've talked about, when you're doing press tour, you get asked five trillion questions. These guys always spill something. I love it. Vin Diesel let it slide that. The Guardians of the Galaxy will appear in Thor 4. That's right. Thor Love and Thunder, directed by who? Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. This is great. If ever there was a group of people that 
Taika needs to get his hands on, it's the Guardians. This is going to be fantastic. Their chemistry has been so good when when they merged each other with Infinity Wars and Endgame. Yes. Like, it's undeniable. You can't not put them together again. It's just pure cinematic gold. Um, it made no sense, or not, it, it does make sense, but like when you first saw them together, you're like, how are these guys going to fit in and talk to each other? And they just found the perfect rhythm, and I'm so excited they're just going to keep going with that. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, because either no matter how this went down, like those two being together, it was going to be awesome. But I have to imagine the original plan was for this whole thing to happen in Guardians Volume 3, because before James Gunn got fired and then signed on for Suicide Squad and then rehired, that was the next, like that was going to come in sequential order before Thor 4. Yeah. And now it's being pushed back to later. So now you have this meeting happening at Thor 4, which again, I want to stress, it would be good either way, but I'm excited to see Taika uh, direct these guys. What if, hear me out, what if the those movies instead of happening before and after each other their storylines happen simultaneously and we see bits and pieces of them reflect in each of their movies i would love that dude yes yes i would love that we haven't had time travel we thought we would have it it may still come with dr strange the multiverse but what no, we if had time travel we had time travel in game well yeah, it's, it's interdimensional time travel hold on i'm just you know like what yeah if, Stupid. <laughs> I was like, hold on. We kind of had a big... You remember that one? It was kind of a big movie. <laughs> what movie? <laughs> I missed I missed it. Uh, what if we have... You know, but their timelines are intertwined and we see... I would totally dig. ...things happen. We're like, wait a second, that happened here and, and that was missing from this movie. Dude, and yeah, and they fill in the pieces of the puzzle. Yes. Dude. That's, that's what I want. You should go write a movie for Marvel Studios. Again, I told you, we should go and we should watch the movie, read the scripts and be like, no. No, no. This yes. is what should happen. This is what should happen. And I think we we should get paid lots of money for that too. I mean, I'm just saying. I have a couple of pointers for Endgame. Just saying. Yeah. Not, not a lot. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Could have been better, right? It was almost perfect. Could have been perfect with mm-hmm. my ideas, I think. But we won't get into all that. Okay. No. Not but that we, we should. Did. No, we should. Let's. Sh- who do we have to call? Kevin Feige. Yeah. All right. We'll ring him up. <laughs> hey kev kevo <laughs> kevster <laughs> what's going on buddy Kevaroonie. um i think that's it for thor 4 but that's big that's that's the big one too uh, going back to the christian bale thing first of all who who is this villain people are suspecting mephisto but i don't want it to be him i don't like that basically mephisto is the devil yeah i don't love that casting i don't think it's too... Um, I mean, Christian Bale would be great, amazing at anything. He'll be great, but it's it seems like it would be too narrow of a character, too one-dimensional. I think so, I think so too. The devil. And that is the fear of the villain. It always has been, that they're too one-dimensional. And I, I'm still holding out hope, because you said whenever I brought it up before, like maybe he's the big bad. Mm-hmm. Still holding out hope that that's the case. I, I, I would be thrilled. If he was the big bad. I don't know who it would be. I don't think Mephisto has that. I don't think he has it. I don't think he can be the big bad. I think we're looking for somebody like Galactus. Mm-hmm. Doctor Doom for sure. Um, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. That's who we need. Modok maybe? No, not Modok. He's too goofy. Mm-hmm. He's just a head. But there are, there are villains out there that could be big. I don't think Mephisto is that guy. So we'll see what happens. I'll be devastated if he only appears in one Marvel movie. So for real. I'll be so sad. It'll be such a waste. It can't happen. 
So we'll see what happens. We'll unless, stay close on that one. Unless he's in two. Unless he's in Guardians 3 and Thor 4. Oh, could be. Then it's a little better. Yes. But then he can't die. I know. I just want <laughs> I just want all I want to maximize my Christian Bale time in the Marvel universe. And I know that it can't be that way, but whatever. Okay. Moving out of superheroes, but staying on Taika YTT. He has signed on to create a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory cartoon for Netflix. Mm-hmm. This sounds like fun. This sounds like a lot of fun. There'll be Oompa Loompas. There'll be Taika YTT's uh, interpretation of Oompa Loompas. There'll be a. He is he is great with color and visuals and creating an aesthetic like Thor three, just amazing with all of that. So give him the Chocolate Factory and let's see what happens. It should oh, be really yeah. interesting. It's going to be incredible, and you know it's very timely because you and I are, and our wives are about to go see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the musical next week. Oh, that's right. Is that next week? Right, because it's not tonight, right? <laughs> hope it's not tonight oh gosh oh crap that's today no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry guys gotta go <laughs> okay i'll casually check my calendar as we talk <laughs> that came can't. up fast man we're, what in the world if it is tonight we're 30 minutes late to the show <laughs> let's go <laughs> anyways uh so it'd be kind of cool to to see that and then see it develop you know see the stage version yeah. of it uh, obviously knowing the the johnny depp and the gene wilder versions uh so were you a fan of the Johnny Depp ones? Just out of curiosity. No. Yeah. I, I like kind of was, but I wonder what how I would feel about it with a rewatch. I had, so I went and saw that with some friends who were just loving every second of it. And I sat there like, ha ha, oh, oh that's, that's kind of funny. And they were just um, mad at me when we came out of that theater. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Gene Wilder is all time. All time. Gene Wilder, dude. That's, that is the best. That is such a comfort, that performance. I love Gene Wilder. I miss Gene Wilder every day. Come with me and you'll see. Nope. <laughs> I'm really bad at lyrics, don't you know? I, I think that might no, that might actually be correct. It's not. Know. Word of pure imagination. Nailed it. Thank you. Um, but this will be exciting. I'm excited for this show. Yes. And we'll take detailed notes, as we always do, during our Fox performance. That's hopefully next week. I think it is. I checked the calendar. And we'll send him to Taika and say, hey, look, we'll just slide into his DMs. <laughs> be like, hey, not to tell anybody how to do their job, but uh, I just saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and got a few pointers for you. Because there's no way he's seen it. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think. <laughs> I, I mean, he may be wrong, but I doubt he's seen it. All right. That's it for what's popping. Anything else? That's all I got. All right, pop it up one more time for us. Nailed it. All right. That was 33. Got it. Just multiply that if it's not in post. <laughs> I'll just keep going forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll spend three hours this evening <laughs> trying to replicate the sound. One, two, oh, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's like some half pops in there. I'd be like, well, does that count as a full pop? I don't know. Two and a half, three. All right, let's jump into Onward. It is your turn to go first this week, Whoa. Kirk, which means you have the distinct honor, nay, the privilege, the pleasure of describing this film, without spoiling, of course, you're a spoiler-free podcast, you know mm. that, to our wonderful, wonderful listeners. And oh, go. On one. <laughs> right now. Please go. No uh, no prep for this. Okay. Great. I mean, Flying I, off the cuff. I did know all week, so uh, you would have thought that... Uh, it's okay. I'd have figured that out by now. Onward. Onward is the tale of two brothers on a journey to 
re what's the word reanimate if you will Ooh, that's <laughs> wow that was good to reanimate their father um it's pretty great it's it's a it's a wonderful world if you watch the trailer you see that they're in this mystical mythical world and they that has time has gone by and the wonder and magic of the world has turned into um you know democracy capitalism um mundane day-to-day lifestyles yes and they're trying to find a bit of magic in their own lives again a point in which the biggest thing that they could figure out would be to bring their father who passed away too early um man what else can i say without spoiling it no i think that's perfect okay cool um I will say there's so you saw this in the trailer if you've seen the trailers which undoubtedly you had at this at this point. There is a point where they do the spell and the dad doesn't automatic like all the way become animated so it's just his legs. That's right. So it's like a weekend at Bernie's thing, you know. Um, they put like a hoodie and stuff on top of him. When that happened, when it was just his legs walking around the room, there was a child in our theater who was laughing so hard <laughs> gasping for air he was laughing so hard his parents were literally shushing him they were like shh stop you're too loud and he didn't laugh at like anything for the rest of the movie and i was like how strange like of all the things that happened in this movie that require like that would make you laugh that is not the funniest thing that happened but man it got that kid <laughs> good and it was i was i started laughing because the kid was laughing it was hilarious i was like this is it was enhancing my movie watching experience. Yeah. Shattered expectations. He's like, oh, the dad's going to fully fill out. Or, oh, okay. Oh, he was totally caught off guard. He's going to yeah. fade back into nothing. Oh, wait, just his legs? Oh, man. Let's that, go. That was the gift that kept on giving for that kid. He loved it. So <laughs> That's adorable. That's a good time. Um, let's go into our Oscar. And the Oscar goes to who you got, Kirk? I am going to pick Mr. Tom Holland. Mr. Good choice. Mr. Spider-Man himself. Mm. You know, when I was thinking about rating everybody and giving this movie review it was difficult for the first time it shouldn't have been but this one was different about rating an animated film uh that i was like who do i who do i give this to part in which because i don't know if that's the right phrase uh, whatever nope but <laughs> go ahead <laughs> in, <laughs> part in which uh due in part to yes <laughs> the uh the fact that i I kind of got lost in their in their character voices versus their real voices because that's a good sign. They did such a good job with that that I really forgot. Like when you watch Toy Story, you know that it's um, Woody Allen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> nope. you okay over there, buddy? <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> I would love if it was Woody Allen. That'd be so strange. Oh gosh, you know that it's Tim Allen and um, oh, you know Tom Hanks. No big yes. deal. Um, but you know. This one, it just it just got lost a little bit more for me, which was which was great. This film really was mesmerizing. Um, yeah. Which the magic in the movie, literally in the script and in, in the plot line, it captured you in a way that it hasn't been captured in other Pixar Disney movies. Yeah. So Tom Holland does an excellent job. I didn't even think about him being the part after the first time he spoke. So bravo, Tom Holland. All right. And I'm going with the other portion of that duo. My Oscar is going to Mr. Chris Pratt. All right. Who played Barley Lightfoot, which is Ian Lightfoot's brother. Um, he is the goofball older brother. They're actually, if you've seen the movie um, Seeing Street, one that we talk about pretty often yes. on here, there's a very similar dynamic between the two brothers in that film and in this film. And it's such an endearing look at brotherhood. It's it's honestly very beautiful the way that they depict it and what brotherhood can be at its absolute best. Um, 
and Barley is awesome. I mean, hands down, like, one of the funniest characters we've got, like, purely funny characters that we've gotten in a Pixar movie that I can remember. He delivers laughs all the way through. He's totally heartwarming. And Chris Pratt, I think there's a mental block in my head where I think that Chris Pratt is, like, not a good actor Mm -hmm. simply because he came out of nowhere and was, like, you know, just a dude from Parks and Rec to, like, super mega box office superstar but he is a good actor so i need to get over that and he (laughs) proved it and then some in this film i thought his voice acting where we've talked about it before sometimes you see voice actors really phone it in um so it can be it can be tricky like he said but i really thought he he did a really interesting job creating this character and creating a voice and a persona that was so fun and just emanated fun and laughter and joy like you couldn't help but smile whenever barley was on the screen i really enjoyed it excellent excellent choice uh next up is scene stealer scene stealer who stole the scenes kirk and i'm gonna flip flop you i'm gonna pick mr <laughs> i almost said chris Hemsworth. mr chris <laughs> evans hemsworth pratt <laughs> oh, gosh, what is wrong with me today Ah, <laughs> oh, chris pratt ladies and gentlemen is in this movie no one else no one else <laughs> He is my is my scene stealer. Yeah, uh, just for all the reasons you said. He he did this thing where when he wasn't even trying to be funny, he put such effort into some of his lines that I was. Uh, there was one specific moment where I was actually cackling at such a simple line. No one else in the theater laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Ian uh, uh, is flipping through like a booklet or a map, and he's dry. Barley is driving it. Barley slash Chris Pat looks over and says, "What you doing there?" <laughs> it was like if you watch this back if you go to see it like it shouldn't be funny but there was effort there there was an in, there was intention and i thought it was hilarious and i laughed out loud belly laughed no one else laughed i'm like that's awesome okay <laughs> it's all right kirk so <laughs> so it's that type of honesty that that you that character that actors get into and give their characters that i think is really special and then there was just uh this all around just love lovability about the guy yeah about this character this older brother um like you mentioned sing street jack rayner plays the older brother yes and it, it was just so comfortable so fun so uh, relatable it was great yeah absolutely good choice for mine scene stealer it is my distinct honor to give it to octavia spencer who is one of my absolute favorite actors i freaking love octavia spencer I was so thrilled to see her on the billing for this movie. Um, She plays the Manticore, which is a really interesting character and a really funny character who's also going through not really like a coming of age, but just kind of finding herself in this movie. Like she's kind of lost touch with who she is and she's trying to like go back to some of the great things about herself and she's just awesome. And what I love most about this performance and, and Octavia specifically having this role is the dynamic range of this performance that she starts as one type of person and turns into like a totally different type of person as the movie goes on and like seeing that growth and having that dynamic contrast. Octavia Spencer, one of the crimes in most of the films that she's in is that she gets typecast as like this maternal role and she's fantastic at it, but she has such range as an actor and I hate whenever I see her get typecast. Like 
when she was in Shape of Water, which I loved that movie, I was so frustrated that we got Octavia Spencer in that role. And I mean, she did such a great job in that movie, but I just couldn't help but feel like there was some missed opportunity there. So it was awesome to see this role, which was crazy, bouncing off the walls, just like just a total ball of energy type of role and she brought it and she was awesome i loved it she was she really was all right let's move into showstopper showstopper you got a showstopper for me kirk oh i got a showstopper for you let's hear it sounded threatening you did i was like what (laughs) what is it i call this one (laughs) what if i just punch you just haul off and nail me in the face it's kind of scared a popcorn for breakfast show stuff there's you know that's a good point we need to re we need to trust each other more kirk because there is like this weird like you constantly ever since the it balloon things that i the balloon thing i did (laughs) you think i'm gonna scare you all the time like like last week you walked into the house and it was just me and you're like what's going on <laughs> like looking around the corner i was like nothing man just here to record a podcast what about you i don't know and now i'm like thinking you're gonna punch me in the face i don't know there's we need to do like trust falls or we need to go to some a camp where we have to like balance each other i don't know something needs to happen yeah i did spend like 30 minutes not still not believing you like i know you were like wait a second yeah you like went up the stairs real slowly you're like "Eh, what's going on i waited till you you led the way you got in front of me and then i peeked my head around the corner yeah it's true you can't give me that kind of power either it kind of went to my head i was like this is kind of awesome kirk (laughs) thinks that i'm like capable of scaring the crap out of him at any moment well we'll see we'll see what happens there is still payback left yeah what are we doing Showstopper. Showstopper. Yes, go. I loved how this film had no extra fluff. The The storyline mm. for this was very concise, um, which is kind of funny because I didn't, for me, I didn't see like this this incredible, like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that. I saw, wow, this there's nothing extra in here. There's not a scene where I'm like, please don't let this go on for one minute longer. I found that much like Monsters University, which this is the same director, um, much like that, it it just felt exactly right. There wasn't any extra, as I'm saying right now. I'm actually giving it extra stuff right now in this review of the Showstopper. But I just there's not there's nothing else to it. So I really love the storyline. Uh, I was mesmerized by it, captivated by it. And as I looked over at my kids, they were too. Like they laughed, but then they were also just like glued to the screen because there was nothing to deter their attention. That's a good call out because it's easy to do that, especially like I was reading about this project a little bit and how it um, it took some time to pull this together. Um, Dan Scanlon, who did this project, he, he's basing it on off of personal experience. He lost his father at a young age, and um, this was sort of a passion project for him. A lot of times when you tinker with a project for that long, you end up with fluff or you end up with over-engineering the movie a little bit. Um, and I didn't think that was the case here. So I thought that that was really good restraint and, and good awareness. And maybe actually the extra time paid off. Maybe they saw some things that were like, this is not essential. This is not essential. Like, let's cut it down. Yeah. So that's a really good call out. It's what's not there that makes it good. All right. My showstopper. I am going with the world building and the creative direction of this film, which may seem like an easy one. Like cause Pixar checks this box in a lot of ways. Um, they've done this for a long time with, Toy Story, Inside Out, Coco. I mean, this is kind of their thing, the world building. But 
what I really, really liked about this film was how different it was from what they've done, especially from a design perspective, character design and overall world design. They went in a kind of a different direction than we've seen them go. Even in Monsters, Inc., you know, which is about monsters, everything is very, like, clean and polished and happy and, uh, like, beautiful. And this was the first time I remember seeing Pixar get a little bit grungy with their artwork, and I totally dug it, especially for a studio that's been creating fantastic animated films for the last two decades to see them stretch themselves and try something new and dip their toes into different water. It was a breath of fresh air. It felt like they knew they're not phoning it in either. You know, we're Pixar. They expect greatness. We, we could easily just spit out the same kind of thing that we always do, but let's, let's stretch ourselves. Let's, let's go with trolls and goblins and sprites and dragons and all kinds of stuff. And, um, I applaud them for that. I thought it was a good job and I thought it looked great. It looked mm -hmm. different, but it looked, it looked really good and it was very consistent from a creative perspective. So totally dug that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into director shoes. What are some things that could have used some improvement? I only have one thing. Like I said, I said my kids were very mesmerized by it. Even myself, I was too, and I, I wasn't um, I wasn't annoyed or bored at any time. I was totally sucked in. But I think they had a little bit more time to play with the comedy. I think there was yeah. some some jokes left on the table that they could have dug into a little bit more. And maybe there's some deleted scenes that we'll see a little bit later on. But I thought that, not that I need laughs or, or a comedy to keep my attention for a film, but I feel like as a children's movie, mm -hmm. you need to inject a little bit more of that. Um, and I think that there was, a, there was an opportunity just slightly missed. Okay, good one. Yeah, I don't have much here. I'm nitpicking a little bit. I feel like... My biggest gripe with this movie is that at the beginning it was slow to get started because we, we were really dealing with some pretty tired themes. Um, the whole, and I, I'm not trying to downplay it at all, it's just something that we've seen a lot, like a kid who doesn't fit in at school, who's trying to make friends, who's going to be bolder and find new horizons. Like this coming-of-age story that we see in animated films particularly a lot Um when it started that way, I was like, oh, no, here we go. And they, they make all of it make sense by the end, and they give you they give you lots of new things, themes to chew on, um, specifically around brotherhood and um, parenthood and, and pretty interesting things that they don't always dive into. But it felt – that por portion of it felt a little lackluster to me, like mm -hmm. the beginning. They had a really good idea for where they were going that I don't think they had a great idea for where they started. You know, the whole, the whole like – Character development didn't really take off until you're like 30 or so minutes into the film. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that could have been a little bit better and a little more fine-tuned in their approach. Yeah, that's very fair. They still, <clears throat> they, I was happy. I, I felt the same thing at the beginning. I, I kind of forgot about that. Um, but they, they, the good part was that they still played to, you know, the Chekhov's gun principle. Yes. Uh, where what you show in the first act comes back later. They still utilize that. It wasn't just ought for nothing that whatever that phrase is and so that was good but yeah I, I feel you it had a it had a rough beginning yeah i i really did start to feel like oh no this is gonna be kind of lazy and then first flop in a while but man like the the middle and end of this movie they do some really cool things that were totally unexpected this movie is weird in a way that like you kind of know what's coming the whole time like you know generally where this is going to end up 
but the way they get there is wild. And yes. you, you don't know, you could have never predicted exactly what steps they went through. And it, it was, I give them a lot of credit for that. Cause it's hard to surprise people, especially people who, like you and I, who watch tons of movies. We, a lot of times can, it's kind of a curse, honestly, sit <laughs> 10 minutes into the movie and be like, this is what's going to happen. And this is how they're going to get there. And uh, 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 you know, he just kind of like drone off, but you're right. This you're, movie was not that. Yeah. Cause they made it about the journey itself. They yeah. really, they really did. And that was the right way to go. All right. Let's give uh, any final thoughts. And then I want to hear your score. I just want to call out two quick things about this movie that I haven't yet that I think that other people will appreciate that are not really spoilers. Pizza planet truck is in this movie. Yep. I missed it. And I had, I saw it later in the notes. Um, check it out. They're going through a toll booth, like a toll bridge booth. Watch out for it. It's nearby. And then this part I saw immediately on Barley's uh, clothing. It, there is some etching uh, in the, in the side of it that says smote little reference to Moana. Yeah. And that just filled me with joy because Moana is a fantastic uh, classic of our time. For I, sure. Which I love. This movie was fantastic, fun, great, magical, very different. I'm going to give it a 9.0. Good. Um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher than on this movie. Um, I don't know. I'll be fully candid. I think just because the whole brotherhood thing just really hits home. I've got a, I've got a, a little boy and another one on the way. And so like seeing that brotherhood thing was really cool. And yeah. like it really hit home and made me excited. And just like the whole fatherhood thing that was going on in this movie was interesting. I was getting all the feels. Um, if your wife is pregnant, don't take her to see this movie. <laughs> she was a puddle on the floor by the end of it. Um, but in, in a good way, all, you know, just good, good emotions, good, good feelings all throughout. So this movie just really, I walked out of it like, man, that was wholesome and just a total breath of fresh air. And it was creative and fun. And I, I don't know, I, I really loved it. I'm giving it a 9.5 for that reason. I think I'm probably higher than most people on that movie. I've gotten a lot of people come to me and say, um, and even critics that I've read saying, this one was just all right for me. And I could see that if you're not. I think animated movies are like that. So they just some of them just hit different for different people. It's just artwork goes into it a lot, themes go into it a lot. So um, it's it's interesting, but this one definitely hit home for me and, and checks a lot of boxes. So I'll give it with the nine. I'll give it a nine point five out of ten. Great score. All right, I really enjoyed the wizards and elves and trolls and all of the mythical elements that were in this movie is like making me think about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all these really cool things. So we both thought it would be a good time to dive into that world a little bit more by doing our schoolyard pick of mythical creatures. Yes. And I think there's going to be some, we'll have to have some discussion about what, what constitutes a mythical creature. I think we'll both probably stay within these boundaries, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, I get the first pick this week. Dang it. And I am going with the goat. <laughs> the greatest of all time <laughs> mythical creature, Miss Nessie herself. <laughs> Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, you beautiful, beautiful beast. You <laughs> are number one in everyone's book. This is You would obviously be my first pick. The, the mystery around you still enc captivates and enthralls people to this day. You live in a small lake. You're amazing. You have magical powers, presumably. Yes. Um, you're master of deception. How, you know, Loch Ness is a is big for a lake, but 
it is a small body of water when you think about how large Nessie is. So yes. her ability to remain hidden, um, to show little pieces here and there, it's it's uh, it's great. I love Nessie because Nessie really gets it. You know, being a mythical creature is all about um, it's all about cloak and dagger. You know, you gotta show them a little bit, let them know you're there, <laughs> show a little flash, and then disappear. Bigfoot's good at this. Yes, Nessie invented this. Nessie <laughs> is the original. And she's just cool. She's cute too. I mean, whenever people draw her like cartoon style, oh, adorable. Very, very round. She looks like a Leopleurodon. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Are you a dinosaur expert now too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say, Kirk? I know, I know a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm not going to go on for much longer because this should be an obvious choice. Loch Ness monster, Nessie. We love you. Your first pick, square pick. Well, I got to go with my first pick, the leprechaun. Ooh, good one. For a couple of reasons. Sure. A, the obvious, I'm Irish. Right. Um, B, because there's money involved in this. There's a transaction that can occur if you can catch this creature. That's right. So it's not, um, I mean, you can go the route of like the horror movies, Leprechaun 1 through 4 or 5, however many there are, but I like to go little pot of, uh, pot of gold under the rainbow. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call. It's a good call. I mean, the Leprechaun is... Um, the financial incentive makes it very interesting. <laughs> You've seen that video, right, of the people who thought they saw a oh. leprechaun in their town in Atlanta? I was just going to tell or you Or in this. Georgia? Yes, it was in Mobile, Alabama. Oh, Alabama, yeah. Uh, the only reason I know the specific city is because my sister lived in or near Mobile when this happened, and she called me immediately. She says, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, there are people in my town who believe there is a real leprechaun. And I'm telling you, this was like less than 10 years ago. No, it was ago. not that long ago. You're right. right. <laughs> and there's a big news story. These people gathered under this tree and they believed he was up there. They're like summoning him. There's this ringleader who says, y'all see the leprechaun say, yeah. Yeah. And they're all shouting. There's people driving down the street. There's a guy who's militarized because he's scared that this leprechaun is a scary Oh, version. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he had a, a, a leprechaun flute from his great, great grandfather father like he was being so serious uh -huh. like it wasn't he just wanted to yeah, be on people TV. were traveling there to capture the leprechaun which <laughs> yes. i mean again it's one of those things like if you're gonna buy a, a lottery ticket you might as well hunt leprechauns because i mean if it's right? real you cash out right in you're a good. major way you're good to go you got that giant pot of gold um there was the, there's the infamous sketch of the leprechaun that someone oh, drew dude it's the best <laughs> and it's the funniest thing on an actual news newscast so Leprechaun wins in my book every time. Who's to say that they didn't see a leprechaun? You know what I mean? He may still be up in that tree. <laughs> could, could be. Could be. Um, okay, pick number two. I am going to go with the Chupacabra. <laughs> the Chupa I don't know all the details about the Chupacabra. I know that the, the, the lore around the Chupacabra is extensive, and it, it goes from it eats sheep to it eats children. Um, it's from Mexican folklore. Mm -hmm. And I love the Chupacabra because whenever I see anything run across the street at night when I'm driving, I love to say, it's the Chupacabra! <laughs> because Chupacabra is really, really fun to say, for sure. Yeah, it's got all those... And I love sounds. how like undefined the Chupacabra is. Like I love how... Everyone had when you say that word, everybody has a different like vision in their mind of what the chupacabra is. Do you is. have one? Can you tell me yours? Yeah, it's like um it's kind of like a werewolf, 
but smaller. Okay. Like large dog size, maybe like wolf size. Uh-huh. Um, but it kind of like runs on all fours, but almost like a, not like a gorilla, but you know, it's back is arched and it kind of like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? has long claws for sure. Yeah. Red, red eyes. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. I see. <laughs> for some reason, Chupacabra invokes like a snake like figure for me. See, that's what I'm talking about. So like I see, you know, the, the, uh, the dinosaur on Jurassic Park that kills Newman at the beginning, like a yeah, snake yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, but with like a the neck. The one that spits the poison? Mm-hmm. I see him because I, I want him to have some sort of thing that goes around his face too. So you see like a basilisk. But then also like um, also like Randall from Monsters, Inc. again. Yeah, so like, like very a salamander. Yeah. yeah, I see all sorts of things in the Chupacabra. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, this is what's great about the Chupacabra <laughs> is how undefined it is. Like, I, so, I mean, to review... Great name. You can say that name when you drive across something at night. You can say it's a chupacabra. It's a good good for a laugh. Ten times out of ten, I can tell you from from experience. And everybody thinks it's something different. So mm-hmm. it is the true embodiment of a mythical creature. Yes. So I had to go with chupacabra. And I'm gonna say it twenty more times because I love <laughs> chupacabra. Home run. Home run on the chupacabra. My second pick. I'm gonna stick with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with. See some um, Irishness. Because I want to. Okay. And why not? I'm going to go with the Banshee. Oh. Do you know about the Banshee? So I always thought Banshees were ghosts, but I only mm-hmm. thought that because of um, Mario Kart. You ever play Super Mario Kart when yeah. you were a kid on Super Nintendo? They had a level called Banshee Boardwalk, mm-hmm. and booze would fly at you or like ghosts would fly at you. So that was that was basically all I know about Banshees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's close. It's not far off. So I'm going to read you the definition of a Banshee. The Banshee is a female spirit, so ghost, right, whose wailing warns of an impending death in a household. Ooh. Ooh. Right? Pretty freaky, right? Pretty so there's... creepy. Also, that's the name of those flying things from Avatar. Yes, they Banshees. are. <laughs> they are female spirits. <laughs> warning of someone's death in the uh, Nava... What are their names? The Navi. The Navi's yeah. uh, lifestyle. So the... In uh, the the wonderful Disney original series, so weird, they are of Irish descent. Okay. And in one episode, Fee Phillips goes to see her grandfather, and he's not feeling too great. Mm. And a banshee visits her at night. Oh. And tells her, like, "Hey, girl, Grandpa's gonna die tonight." Wow. Yeah, man, it's it's intense. And then she fights the banshee. She's like, "No." She's like, "No, take me to whoever is the power it be that's good making this decision." And she argues with with the head spirit that is unseen, but the banshee leads her there. There's this epic wow. Irish song by Molly Phillips, aka Molly. Um, oh crap! What's her real name? Molly. Um, oh gosh, she's a real person. I've forgotten. She's a real actress. Uh huh. <laughs> her. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's just Mackenzie Phillips. I think it's that it's that simple. But Banshee wins for me uh, all all the time, just under Leprechaun. All right. Good call. Um, didn't know that, so we're learning things now. Right. This is good. All right. My next one. I am going to go with the Great Chimera. What's that? You familiar with the Chimera? Kirk? No. Um. The chimera has the head of a lion, the body of a goat, and serpent tails. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> and I like the chimera because that's cool. It's pretty ballin'. I mean, the body of a goat is kind of weak sauce when you have the head of a lion. <laughs> but the serpent tails makes up for it, so you've got, like, good, stupid good going on there. <laughs> and 
the chimera just is terrifying. I don't know where it originated, but I know that I played a video game where there was a thing called the chimera and it was like very cartoony looking, but it would dominate you. It was in super smash brothers. It was, um, on a level that I think was from, can't remember the level's called like new donk city or something like that. Okay. And the great chimera comes out and eats you. And so that's really my only exposure to the chimera. And it's like an insta kill. Yeah. Shoots you across the map. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I choose it for that reason, and because Chimera kind of sounds like Caldera, which is a volcano, and both of those things are cool. So that's so Chimera. true. Excellent choice. I'm gonna go. My third choice is going to be Pegasus. Good one, Mr. Hercules. Pegasus um, over Unicorn, eh? I did. Okay, because sure it can did. fly. It can fly, and it's Hercules, you know, right hand man. You know, um, I loved Hercules, as I said, <laughs> Sam Raimi with uh, the Hercules series with Mr. Kevin Sorbo. Let's get him in some stuff, please. Maybe he's going to show up in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. I don't know. He's great. But, uh, you know, I also watched the Disney version of Hercules. Yes. And that, you know, his his big song, Go the Distance, just uh, sometimes I just sing that randomly. Oh, yeah. Round. I am on my way. I can go the distance. It's so good. I will find myself singing in an empty house is the best way to do it because you have to really belt it out um and then i pretend i'm riding pegasus along the way too so yeah pegasus wow good choice took a big one off the board there i only have two picks left and i'm kind of feeling the pressure because i've got a lot of good ones left on my list um i really like the weird ones Mm -hmm. i am going to oh man this is tough there's some really heavy hitters on the board. I'm kind of regretting Chimera now, even though I like it. It's no, just, no, no. No regrets. I am going to go with... Mm, I'm going to go with Cthulhu. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cthulhu because Cthulhu, for those of you who are not familiar, is like a flying tentacle monster. That's horrifying. So it has wings. It... It walks around on legs. It's not like the Kraken, okay? But it has, like, a Davy Jones head, you know, like from um, Pirates of the Caribbean. It oh. has, like, tentacles on its face and, like, long, sharp deals on its mouth. Um, flo- flights around on little wings, you know? Well, or su- presumably big wings because he's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's from H.P. Love- Lovecraft, who he writes about all kinds of different things. And the thing about Cthulhu is that people... He has, like, almost a cult-like following. Actually, I think there might actually be real cults that think Cthulhu is a thing. I'll have to fact check that. Um, But Cthulhu is a fan favorite. People like to... I like artistic depictions of Cthulhu. Actually, Ryan's band, The Fade, they have this amazing album cover uh, of their album. You can see it on... I think you can see it on Spotify if you go on there. And the picture is of Cthulhu wearing like a suit and a, a <laughs> briefcase. Right. He's That's like going right. to work. And I love that so much. Um, but I love artistic c- depictions of Cthulhu. I used to play this game called Scribble Knots for the DS where you would write a word and it would summon it. And if you wrote Cthulhu, Cthulhu would appear. And it was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So I just love it. It's It's crazy. There was like some sort of Cthulhu spaghetti... No, no, no. I'm getting that confused. There's a spaghetti monster cult thing. Did you ever read about that? <laughs> no. I think that has some relation to Cthulhu. Anyway, <laughs> Cthulhu was great. He was my fourth pick. He <laughs> or she or whatever it is. It. <laughs> and I hope that if the world ends, it doesn't end at the hands of Cthulhu because I've, <laughs> I've seen people talk about that and I'm like, that would not be fun at all. So 
No, no, no. Okay, your fourth pick. My fourth pick going with Mr. Bigfoot. Good one. So does this point of inquiry, does this include Yeti and or the in, uh, abominable snowman? It does not. Okay, so Bigfoot only. Bigfoot only. Those are which would presents. be the North American version, right, of That's the Yeti. Right. I believe they're all. They all. They all of them are are real. Um, I'm not really. Not just kidding. Um, but Bigfoot. I think they're all separate entities. I don't believe sure. that they're. He's just like migrated or anything like that. Yeah. I just want to make that clear. Um, Big- well, yeah. I mean, Bigfoot has brown fur. Right. The Yeti has white because they were. Not raised, but they live in different environments. They need to survive in different ways. Yeah, they needed to adapt to, to yeah. So, uh, Bigfoot, going back to my favorite, So Weird, there was also an episode on Bigfoot. Oh, my goodness. It's just it, That show is so weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a home run of a show on Disney Plus streaming now. That's right. We did not get paid for that, unfortunately. I th- I th- I'm starting to think you're getting paid for this. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> like, oh, Kirk drove up in a Lexus today. <laughs> <laughs> With a so weird vinyl or uh, just sticker on the side of it. It's kind of strange. He's wearing a, a Calvin Klein suit and <laughs> leopard shoes. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that Bigfoot, also he's in, he's in, he's been in so many different things, so many different depictions, so many movies are based completely around it. Um, what's what's the one that he's in that I, that I love from Disney um, uh, with Goofy? A Goofy movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's so weird. Good. Such a weird part of that movie, but hilarious. Yes. When, dude, so sorry to interrupt your thing, but whenever I was a kid, that scene with Bigfoot where he's doing the sock puppet and he's like, that part killed me. Just thinking about it right now, I'm laughing. It's the best. It really is. That scene comes out of nowhere. They're like, it's Bigfoot. Yeah, it's so strange. That's probably why that movie got bad reviews. I mean, just throwing that out there, that's probably why. I love it, though. Yes. That was the moment uh, where it spiraled out of control, much like Ad Astra with the chimpanzee in space. It's like, where did this come from? You're like, okay. That's my pick, number four pick. Okay, Bigfoot, did you ever watch, did you know that Rob Lowe had a show where he and his sons hunted Bigfoot? Yes, I did. A reality show? Never watched it, but yeah. I heard about it. I know that I saw a commercial for it one time, and Rob Lowe had like Pat was running like Blair Witch style and passed out. Yes. I was like, what is the show? <laughs> I have to go watch it now. <laughs> I do. I, I, it really made me want to watch it. All right. I'm down to my fifth pick, and I've got six options. No, seven options that are really solid. I don't know, man. I'm going to go. Man, this is so tough. You can do it. I got to go with the Kraken. The Kraken. So good. I'm picking all like scary ones that live in the water or like have to. I don't know what's going on here. I love the Kraken because the Kraken scale can be so huge. Like there's a video game. I forget what the that game is called where you're on a ship and the Kraken comes and it's like massive. I mean, just like one tentacle is the size of your boat, like just so huge, um, which is horrifying, but also really cool. And I just love the Kraken. I love the idea of the Kraken. I love hearing pirates scream the Kraken's name, like it's the Kraken, <laughs> yes, because um, it sounds great in like kind of a piratey voice and accent. Yeah, and it's just a classic, you know, the Kraken. Everybody knows it. Whenever you say it, there's no... That's one. It's not like the Chupacabra. You say the Kraken, people know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Yeah, you know, I just hear Liam Neeson's voice. Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. That's right. It's beautiful. 
And you can say that in pretty much any <laughs> any scenario, any context. Still funny. Yes. My fifth choice. This is a difficult one. I was scanning the rest of my list. Thank while God you were, we have honorable mentions, man. While you were panicking. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the werewolf. Good choice. That was one of my considerations. Good old classic werewolf. You know, the werewolf will will never stop. Um, It will never stop being recreated. It's similar to Bigfoot. It's just going to keep coming. It's never going to go out of style, never going to retire. I mean, Sonic just came out with an entire game called Sonic Unleashed, where he becomes a werewolf as part of the plot line. So it's it's super cool. It's super interesting. And it will never stop going. Yeah, never stop. Never, never re- stop stopping. Relentless. Um, let's do honorable mentions. You got any on your list? Oh yeah, I got. I got like five. I've got unicorn, yeti because we said bigfoot, but not the yeti. Mm-hmm. The yeti is a good one. Um, the griffin, which is a great one. Um, dragon, just good old fashioned plain old dragon. How do we miss that one? I mean, you want to say it, but you. It's almost like it kind of goes without saying. It's like, yeah, dragons are awesome. Everybody loves dragons. There's been a thousand million dragons. They're great. Dragons, dragons, dragons are mm-hmm. great. Um, so I didn't want to waste a pick on it because it's like totally goes unsaid. And then my last one, I had the Gwisson. Are you familiar <laughs> familiar with the Gwisson? Bless you. What? What is that? <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing it very wrong. It's a Korean water ghost in the vein of the ring. You know, like the Gosh. wet hair, the grudge, like that thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, I I just picture Samara from the ring. Pale yeah. yeah, pale pale skin, wet hair, climbing out of your television. Don't like it because uh, it's horrifying, <laughs> uh, and that's you know that's one consideration when you think of mythical creatures. There's different ends to that spectrum, but um, sheer terror is one end of it, and so I wanted to give a shout out to the Gwisson. There's a great SNL skit um, where they did like a Disney Channel show that was like My Mom's a Korean Water Ghost. <laughs> You should look that up. It's really funny. Is it Kate McKinnon? Because that sounds like it's her role. It's, um, no, it's Kristen Wiig. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Also great. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> My honorable mentions went with the Minotaur, which is... The oh, head- yeah, the Minotaur. Oh, man, head of a bull, body of a man. Uh, then there's the centaur. There's some centaurs in Onward. Yep. Went with some good old-fashioned fairies, um, the Cyclops. And I also went with uh, a newfound... Uh, newfound oh, mythical creature do tell. C- created in the Disney hit uh, Puppy Dog Pals, and where it is a mythical turtle that they think is uh, haunting the woods where they happen to go on a little camping trip. His name is Old Snapper. Old so Snapper. For all you parents out there watching Puppy Dog Pals and Old Snapper, great tune, great tune. To this. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch it. Great. Good choices all around. If we missed any mythical creatures that are on your list, hit us up. We could talk about this all day. This is a really fun one. We enjoyed it. If you saw Onward, hit us up. If you want us to talk about something on the show, let us know. All of our favorite movies are probably going to be postponed due to coronavirus. So if you if there are movies you want us to review that are on streaming or that are old, um, whatever, hit us up. We always love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you for supporting this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Um, one of the best ways that you can support this podcast is by liking, commenting, sharing, rating, reviewing, telling people about us. Um, we know people are always looking for podcast recommendations. The next time you give one, we'd be thrilled if you would include us. So thank you for that. And a special thanks as always to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast. And a special thanks as always to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed, who made our awesome, awesome theme music. 
we will see you all next week. Talk to you then.